I'm going to read a poem. It's called Love After Love by Derek Wolcott. The time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving at your own door in your own mirror and each will smile at the other's welcome and say, sit here, eat. You will love again the stranger who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger who has loved you all your life, whom you have ignored for another, who knows you by heart. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your image from the mirror. Sit, feast on your life. So our theme for our service today is, is the joy of surrender. I just want to point out Shelley's flowers. This is the joy of surrendering to fall, which I think is absolutely lovely and beautifully uh, done again. Thank you very much, Shelley. I so appreciate uh, the flowers. Now, I don't know what your idea of retirement is. I think for me it's about uh, being by the ocean, sitting in the sun, Drinking tequilas and watching television. <laughs> That's an awful thing to admit. So I think I must go around and interview those of you who have retired, and there are a few here, and find out, you know, what you all thought was li- that life was going to be when you did retire. And I suspect many of you are still looking for retirement from retirement. Um, and then... We are in, you know, once we've gone retired from retired, then we're in a care home after that. This is all the good news here. (laughs) And of course, after the care home, then you die. And you're finally free. There is a part of us that always wants it all to end. There's a part of us that wants it all to end. Like... You know, those of you that do meditation, like wanting meditation to end. You know, like wanting all this efforting to be good. All this efforting to do the right thing. To be conscious. To carry on. You know, we want all that to end. Having to to effort it all in our lives. And do you know what the awful truth is? The awful truth is that there is no end to it. But when you, when you actually get that, that there's no end to it, what you face every day, when you get that, then you're free. You know, we're continually trying to do better. You know, we try to get our meditation better, to live better, to compost, you know, to be successful. We try to live life more skillfully. Alan Watts famously said that self-improvement is a dangerous form of vanity. And I think that's so interesting. I know what he means. I love that image someone once told me about, uh, that image 
about heaven and the gates of heaven are there and there's a sign above the gates of heaven that says self-improvement ends here. <laughs> I mean, Alan Watts, Alan Watts also said that uh, self-improvement was the human equivalent of a dog chasing its tail. <laughs> and that idea that we are endlessly trying to get better. You know, we buy books. You know, you go down to explore books on self-improvement. I'm afraid mine will be there as well, but there are books all over the place on self-improvement. And the idea that we have to get somewhere in our lives, I think, is completely uh, exhausting. You know, I have it myself. I find, I feel an ennui about the continual process of carrying on with it all. I feel a sort of, you know, desperateness for it to stop on one level. All of it, what it takes. And, you know, there is just a huge temptation just to give up to give up trying or whatever, to give up meditating, you know, to give up being good, to give up trying to make things be successful. And as you go through life, you try this and you try that, you know, you do this course and you do that course, you pick and choose and try to find your way. But you get to a certain point where you realise that actually none of it's going to make a difference. And actually... That sense of trying itself is never going to end. And if you get to that moment, you have the chance of getting out from underneath of that pressure, of realising that this is the way it's always going to be, that you are, you're in this to the end. And at that moment, you can get out from behind the pressure, and that's what we're talking about today, and surrender to that. To surrender to that pressure. People spend their whole lives trying to get that pressure to end. You know, they try and get tons of money because they think then it will end. You know, they try and keep their health because then the pressure will end. And in the end, it's only at the moment of death that they finally see it fall away. That's when it finishes, which is such a waste of life. You know, we waste our lives trying to get it to end, this, this, the pressure, to spend our whole life trying to let go, and then only to let go ugh, just before you die. Far better to let go now and enjoy the rest of your life, to realise, really, that you're in it to the death. Whatever it is you're going through, you're in it to the death. And by doing so, if you can let go of that, you get out from under it. It's as if all the, in life we're trying to push a ball up the hill the whole time. And suddenly you realise that you can just get out of the way and push the ball downhill and it's a lot easier than trying to push it uphill. We're, we're all in this to the death. So we might as well get used to it, whatever it is, and try to enjoy it. And that's what it means, I think, to surrender to life. In the Gospel of Thomas, it begins, I who write this am Thomas, the double, the twin. Jesus, the living master, spoke, and his secret sayings I've written down. I assure you, whoever grasps their meaning will not know the taste of death. And actually, what we're fighting all the time in our life is that death. We're fighting that death. 
the, the death of failure, the death of our health, the death of justice, the death of the planet, the death of our personal success, the death of our family, the death of our youth, the death of what we want to happen in our lives. We're always fighting one death or another. And to surrender to life is to give up and die to it now. Which means you don't have to taste death ever again. By fundamentally and radically giving up, that's what it means. You arrive at a point where you've given up to a point where you're actually behind whatever's happening. Whatever's happening or going on, you're with it. And even at that moment of death, if you've fully given up to it, and I notice, you know, in my meditation practice, I bring that concept of death into that practice so that when you get to that point of death, if you're able to do that, just to be with that as well, you're actually riding that moment if you are able to give up to it. It's back to that timelessness that we were talking about last week. To surrender to life really is to stop trying. Eckhart, Meister Eckhart, the, the uh, 13th century mystic, says, to cling to time is to refuse to be vulnerable to timelessness, to depth, to awe, to the suspension of time in the ecstasy of being which is where we learn that eternal life has begun. And, and to give up is to really go into something that is timeless, because you're not looking forward anymore. You're actually just giving up to that moment. We have to be completely vulnerable to life and to realise, yes, this isn't going to end. We're all in this to the death. And that seems, when you think of it, like not a moment's peace because it's just going to be the same. But in reality, to give up to life is to finally experience the peace of not trying. And then when you don't try, you suddenly have compassion for your life and for all that comes with it. You sort of get behind your life and you have compassion for what's going on. Compassio means passio, to suffer, come with. To suffer with your life to surrender and open ourselves to suffering with our lives rather than to fight them. And that brings it, with it, a peace that we all seek. You know, that's what it means, the peace that passes all understanding. That peace is the connection with the divine. It's the cooperation with the friendly universe. And then if you stay with that, if you can stay with that peace of having given up, something else will come through. And what comes through is joy. Joy comes from that peace. There's a famous line in the Bible, which I always think is, is very interesting. It says, Jesus endured the cross for the joy that was set before him. And that is being fully at peace with your life. And in being fully at peace, joy can come through. You know, in my life, the one thing I always wanted was peace. I think it comes from having a dysfunctional youth. Uh, there was a lot of pain and difficulty that I went through that I tried to self-medicate myself out of. But I noticed, you know, the one thing I always wanted 
was, was that experience of being at peace. And then about 20 years ago, I actually did finally find that sense of peace. Um, I remember being told off in the church, I'd done something wrong. And the powers that be got me in in the Church of England. And they said, uh, uh, the person that was t- telling me off said, you, you know, the trouble with you is that you're contented. <laughs> I liked that. <laughs> I liked that. I like this accusation. I, th- I think we have to arrive at that experience of peace. And there is something in surrender to that experience of peace. Now, I'm just going to do an experiment here. In a moment, I'm going to ask you to close your eyes. So, so th- I'm going to ask you to close your eyes so you don't have to see or nobody can see who's doing this. But I'm going to ask you to close your- and put your hands up if you feel that you're at peace with your life, if you can feel that peace. So everyone close their eyes. No one look. Okay, now put your hand right up if you feel at peace with your life. Okay, put your hands down. They can open your eyes. Quite a few people, I have to say. Quite a few people. It is a foundational point to get to. And that giving up, the striving for wanting the outcome to be one way or another, you know, is, a, is, is, is a moment arriving at that sense of peace. Peace is something that comes with surrender. In fact... The word surrender comes from sir, which means over, and render, which means to give. So really, surrender is to give over. That's what it actually means, to give over. So in reality, it means we're giving ourselves back to life. That wonderful poem that Jane read so beautifully, of Derek Walcott, Love After Love. Time will come when, with elation... You will greet yourself arriving at your own door when you give up to your life. You greet, suddenly you've arrived. You greet yourself arriving at your own door and in your own mirror. And each will smile at the other's welcome at that moment of surrender. And say, sit, stay, eat. You will love again the stranger, in other words, your life, who was yourself. Give wine, give bread, give back your heart to itself, to the stranger, your life, who has loved you all your life, whom you have ignored for another, your ideas of what life could be, who knows you by heart, your life. Take down the love letters from the bookshelf, the photographs, the desperate notes. Peel your own image from the mirror and sit. Feast on your life. That's what he's talking about. Giving up to that life. And to surrender in this way is to give yourself back to life. And the result of this is what Derek Walcott says is elation. He says, time will come when with elation you will greet yourself arriving. Elation, you are raised up, raised up like on the cross. And we experience joy at that being raised up. Joy is the result of that surrender, and joy follows on from peace if you let it. Oswald Chambers said, happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. Happiness depends on what happens. Joy does not. Real joy comes from being at peace with your life so you can rest in love. It is a falling into the depths of life. 
into the deep connectivity of all things. The Buddhist Dhammapada says this, of living in joy, and that's really what we're talking about, of, of surrendering to living in joy. The Dhammapada says, live in joy, in love, even among those who hate. Live in joy in health, even among the afflicted. Live in joy in peace, even among the troubled. Live in joy without possessions like the shining ones. The winner sows hatred because the loser suffers. Let go of winning and losing and find joy. There is no fire like passion. No crime like hatred. No sorrow like separation. No sickness like hunger. No joy like the joy of freedom. Health, contentment and trust. Health, contentment and trust are your greatest possessions. And freedom is your greatest joy. Look within. Be still. Free from fear and attachment. This is, this is what it is to surrender. Know the sweet joy of the way. How joyful to look upon the awakened and to keep company with the wise. How long the road to the man who travels with a fool. It's lovely that, isn't it? How long when you're traveling? How long the road to the man who travels with a food? But hopeful, but whosoever follows those who follow the way discovers his family and is filled with joy. Follow then the shining ones, the wise, the awakened, the loving, for they know how to work and forbear. Follow them as the moon follows the path of the stars. Joy is a sure sign that we're on the way, that we're on the right path. And it comes as a result of surrender, that giving ourselves back to life. As life comes to us with a seemingly, life comes to us with a seemingly cold embrace. The temptation is to run from it, to put it off, to try to duck out, to retire from life, to retire from relationships, from the spiritual life, to retire from the moment. We want to put off that cold embrace because it feels like death. But we only do that so that we can die another day. We only do that so that we can die another day, which is actually the title of the next James Bond film, Die Another Day. So just to put popular culture into my sermons, that's what it's supposed to be. We only do that so that we can die another day. We put off that embrace so we can die tomorrow and not today. But in doing that, we put off life and end up only dying at our deaths. By taking that embrace, we don't find it cold at all. We take it and in dying to the moment, rather than trying to put it off, we find the peace of surrender and we give ourselves back to our lives. And the result of that is a joy that comes from the deepest part of ourselves. And we literally rejoice at the finding of ourselves again. We rejoice. As Shakespeare said, what's done's done. The joy is in the doing. What's done's done. The joy is in the doing. It's not about what happens. It's about how we meet what happens. Giving up to this moment. The boredom, the endlessness of it, the feelings, the thoughts, 
giving up to it all, surrender to it, knowing that it will never go away, but can only be embraced in the death of our resistance. And then there is life, naked and unadorned. And we meet ourselves in that moment and find joy in remembering who we were, united in the death of our resistance with the life that there is for us to enjoy. And you have to realize that it's never going to end. This sermon will never end. <laughs> I decided to go on for another half an hour. Just, just, just about giving up so that you really get it. You know, I thought that was the best way to do it. This moment is never going to end. You know, this chapel, you know, the spiritual life, the home life, it's just all going to carry on. Your family life, the work, the struggles, you know, we are in it to the death. And do we resist it and keep going or do we turn around and surrender to it and have it be a joy rather than a trial? It's our choice to have it be a joy, to be behind it. Our choice is really when death comes. Our choice is when death comes. To have it be now and then live your life in freedom or put it off till tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow and feel it creep in this petty pace from day to day to the last syllable of recorded time. Dying only at our deaths. Let's pray. I have finished. We do pray for the struggling and striving that goes on in our world. The winning, desire to be first, desire to have won over, desire to keep going, the endlessness, the chaos. We pray for a sense of peace and love in the hearts of our leaders that they may enable us to have that joy of life. And we do pray for all those who do not have that joy of life. We pray for those in war zones, particularly in Syria at the moment. Pray those living under unjust regimes, those in prisons, as living at the effect of no justice. Pray for those who are homeless and hungry, afflicted, lonely. We pray that we may be able to share some of our bounty with those around us. And we pray that for those who are suffering at the moment, particularly those who are ill in hospital, physically, mentally ill, suffering from the loss of loved ones. And pray for those in our own community, particularly pray for Rita Hunter suffering from Lou Gehrig's disease, for Heather Morrow suffering from a brain injury, and there is a GoFundMe for Heather Morrow at the moment. For Pat Smith with cancer, for Patricia Overton having foot surgery, for Brett McKenzie, and for the family of Connie May, very close to Michael Eisenhart, um, who works with us here, who is dying at the moment. 
We just pray your Holy Spirit, Lord, goes to all those people. Your healing power, we pray in Jesus' name.